I want to share with you guys something that I found uh, um, a, few, uh, a few days ago that I thought was super interesting. And I want to share this with you as more of an inspiration uh, than anything else because I found it, uh, it really talks about purpose. And that's one of the things that I like kind of focus on in my life um, in chiropractic. Uh, the one thing that chiropractic has given me more than anything else has been a purpose. Um, I feel like before I found chiropractic, my life was sort of adrift. I was kind of like a, what they would call a wandering generality. I kind of did a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I was kind of interested in this and this and whatever. And even when I first got into chiropractic, um, uh, I really didn't know what my mission was uh, until I started focusing on kids. And, um, and this, uh, I was listening to a book, which I highly recommend all of you read. Um, uh, and it may not be as applicable to you guys at uh, this age, uh, but for me it's very applicable. It's called The Second Mountain by David Brooks. The Second Mountain uh, by David Brooks. And it's, it's really about, um, like, what he talks about is in, in, when you find your first mountain, is, is in the beginning when you just graduate and you just kind of start feeling your, you know, feeling out how things work, etc. Um, and it's all about success uh, and how do you become successful, uh, which is a good thing, but uh, it's not as fulfilling as as having your purpose, as realizing that you have this much, much, much bigger mission. So there's a very big difference between having a job and having a life, uh, and that's what this is about. Uh, what this book is about. And in this book, he mentions this particular gentleman called, his name is Fred Swanaker. Fred Swanaker uh, was in Africa, and he felt that in many of the African nations that he was dealing with, um, there was not enough education going on. So he, his one person set out, he said, I'm going to create higher educational institutions in different countries in Africa. One person uh, set out, and eventually what uh, Fred Swanaker has done is he's create, he is building universities all across Africa. He has like 90,000 students in different universities all around, all around uh, the African nations. Uh, so he has, cre he has created an unbelievable calling in his life. Um, and this is a, uh, something that he wrote back in 2016 that was mentioned in this book uh, that I, I just told you about, The Second Mountain that I want to share with you because it was absolutely brilliant and I was, I, I was so stunned uh, by the things I'm about to tell you that I actually called my wife about uh, this after, after I read about it. Um, and it says, resist that calling is probably not your purpose in life. Um, have you ever wondered why, I'm gonna read some of this to you. I know I don't read stuff, but I think it's important just to hear his words. Uh, have you ever wondered why I was put on this earth? For a long time I asked myself that question as I tried to make sense of the world. Um, and I think a lot of us are facing that, especially when I was sitting in your seats way back in 1989. Um, I, I was asking that question, like, what am I doing here? Um, I didn't know at that time I wanted to be in, involved in pediatrics. Webster had, had, had lit a little spark in me, but I still wasn't convinced because I, I had such unbelievable amounts of student loan debt that the, my first thing was I just have to pay back you know, these crazy student loans. Like, that was my, my first thought, um, was, was not like, oh, I have to serve the masses and the kids, I have to pay back my student loans. So I was very motivated by that because I came from nothing. I had, I had nothing at all as for any help in, in family in terms of finances. Um, so over time, 
you know, things change. But I want to, I want to read what, what uh, Mr. Swanaker talks about uh, this uh, to you guys. And it says this, you are defined by your moments of obligation. Every now and then, we come to a fork in the road that requires us to either stay on our, our current life path or change course and do something radically different. These moments of obligation are usually caused by a sense of outrage about some injustice, wrongdoing, or unfairness we see in society, or by an opportunity that we can revolutionize the world and benefit, it can benefit us personally. So th there's the, there are these moments, there are these forks in the road that, that come to you, and you either choose wisely during that or you don't, and that's what he's kind of talking about. But it's something beyond that that he's talking about. And this is what's very interesting. He said, 99% of these moments of obligation you should ignore because they're really not about your calling. 99% of them things are like people kind of saying, oh, you should help me with this, or you should get involved with this. You just kind of, it's like little whims, right? Or little fancies, little, uh, little things. But they're not really that 1% moment. And as he says there on the bottom, it says, um, you should actually follow the new path you're being drawn to. How do you know when it's that, indeed, that 1% moment? How do you know when it's that right moment? And this is what, this is, this is how he, he knows that it's the right moment. So there's, um, oh no, did I miss something here? Uh -oh, hold on a second. I tried to make this, I think I might have done it backwards here. Oh yes, okay. So I have it backwards in this thing, but you're gonna, you'll get it. So he said, the way you know that, you have, that you're at this 1% moment is you're gonna ask yourself three big questions, and this is what floored me. The three big questions. The first question is, is it big enough? Now I never heard, I've never heard it put that way. Is it big enough? Is it big enough? Um, so like, I want you to think about that. Like, it, look at the bottom, it says here, you should be solving the biggest problems for the world, not the small ones. So it's not big enough, pass on it. It's not your purpose in life. I thought that was brilliant. And that has really d defined my life because like, what is my mission in life? My mission in life is to heal the world one child at a time, right? And that's a, that's a very big mission because that's a lot of kids. <laughs> but, but that's my mission. It's one child at a time. Heal the world one child at a time. That's, not, that's a big problem. We got a big problem in this world. And that keeps me going, right? And that's what I really love about this is, is it big enough? And I look at, I look at that mission and I say, yeah, that's big. That's big. Because I, I don't know how many billions of people there are in the world. Like, let's say five billion people in the world. And probably, let's say a third of those are kids. So let's just say five, I, I'm not good at math. Five, five, five. Let's just say one and a half billion are I mean, kids. Well, I got a lot of kids to take care of them. And I feel like it's a personal thing. It's not just me saying, oh, I'll take care of the couple of kids that I can get a hold of. I wanna, that's why I teach for ICPA. That's why I teach here. You know, that's why I have interns in my office because I want, I want to train more and more and more people to reach these kids, to feel the feeling that I have when I'm with these kids and to spark that in wherever place you end up you know, going. So that's the, the first of the three big questions. Is it big enough? The second of the three big questions is, am I, am I uniquely positioned more than almost anyone else in the world to make this happen? Now you might say as a student uh, or a new doc or something, you might say, well, who am I uh, to be uniquely positioned? And the way that you're gonna find out is, is look back at the life experiences you've had due to some circumstances beyond your control or some deliberate choices you make to see if these experiences better prepared you, right? So if you say, like, like for myself, I look back and I, but before I, I started uh, 
you know, be, before I was a chiropractor, I became a chiropractor, I had not a whole lot of experience with kids. So you could look at me and say, well, he wasn't really great with kids. However, I just had this natural affinity to them. Number one, uh, my, my wife used to always comment uh, to me, uh, like every, any restaurant we were in, I think I mentioned this before, any restaurant we were in, I'd always be playing with the kids. And she'd always be like, like say, Drew, like, like, you are so funny because there'd be a kid over there and I'd be waving at him and making funny faces and stuff. And so I knew I was very good at kids even though I never really, like, I'm an only child and I don't have any brothers or sisters to, who have kids and none of my, my buddies had, like, young kids. So I never really dealt with them. So you look at that and you say, well, how are you uniquely, you know, prepared for this? <clears throat> but then I had the unique experience, which I, I don't know if I mentioned in this class or another class, where I worked for a home for the developmentally disabled when I was in college. And the reason I worked at that place is because I was afraid of kids with developmental disabilities. <clears throat> so what happened is I took the biggest fear that I had, which is kids with developmental disabilities. My parents used to say, like, don't look at them, don't go near them, right? And I took that fear and I took it into my greatest passion, right? Um, so if it is absolutely clear that you are better prepared than most because of these patterns you notice, this might be that 1% path that you should follow. So sometimes it's not, it's not going to be the obvious path. It's not the obvious things. It's just what had the most emotional impact on you during the course of your life. That's the second thing. And then the third question is this. Am I truly passionate about this particular thing? Um, yeah, impact in the world is hard. So if you're not really passionate about that issue or cause at hand, your energy will fizzle out. <clears throat> and this is one of my the favorite things that he said about this, is you should use the sleepless night test for this one. If an idea or issue you want to pursue is consuming you so much that you can't sleep at night, then it might just be that 1% idea. So this is the kind of thing that I often still, to this day, wake up with ideas and wake up with inspiration and wake up like, oh my God, I gotta do this. And Lisa and I, my, or like, oh my God, this is a great idea. We just were talking about certain things I could do on the website and certain things I could, I could you know, make with emails. And we're always, always, always just thinking about these different things. I'm constantly reading articles and textbooks about pediatrics. I am constantly watching movies about uh, you know, kids and, and I, it's, it's just a never ending kind of task for me. Um, so it never fizzles out. So I've been doing this, um, you know, I, I feel like I've been on this path and I can't get enough of it. And my wife sometimes is like, I cannot believe that you still have this drive to, to study and to you know, practice and to learn more and more and more. And that's because it, this, is, this is my 1%. This is my calling, right? Um, and so he says, if the answer to these three big questions collectively is not a resounding yes, then you should ignore the calling. It is not your destiny. If on the other hand, you reflect and find a clear yes for each question, then only then should you step up and pursue this calling. So when you look at, at these three questions, you know, which is, uh, uh, first is, is it big enough? Right, so let me go backwards here. So first, is it big enough? Second is, am I uniquely positioned than almost anyone else in the world to make this happen? And third, is am I truly passionate about this particular thing? Those three things, you need to think about that. So uh, the reason I wanted to bring this up to you guys is because I find that there are a lot of people out there who say they're passionate about kids, but it's really not keeping you up at night. It's really not something that drives you. It's really like you would rather spend time, you, you, you're gonna notice that some of you guys are spending more time like talking about sports or talking about 
you know, other kind of things than it is talking about this. So you need to find that thing in, because if you're a chiropractor, yeah, I, want, I want you guys to sink into chiropractic, to really like jump into chiropractic. But I want you to do it, I, there's, there's two ways to, to, to kind of enter into a job that this David Brooks was talking about. He said, the one way is to decide, to choose, like to make this choice, like this is talking about. And the other way is to sink, like quicksand. Like, like if, you, if you're in quick, if, if you like, you know, you, you take this, like my father as an example. He had job after job after job after job. And all he did was get like sink more and deeper and deeper into quicksand because he wasn't enjoying himself, right? And, it, and the only reason he was doing something is because he happened to get a job there. It wasn't like working at the air freight company where he was at for 20 years was his calling. It was just the thing that I did because I got this job and now I've been here and they promoted me to this and now they, I'm doing this and that's it. That's just sinking you know, into something. That's just like, like you know, did you, he, he, uh, what David Brooks calls, did you slide or did you decide? Right? If you slid into something by accident because you happened to, like, here's this choice and then here's this choice. Now maybe those choices were <clears throat> karma or whatever. But, but the way you know is, the, is, is, is it big? Is the thing you're doing big? Is it, does it keep you up at night? Does it make you really think about it? Are you too super passionate about it? And if it isn't pediatrics, don't be mad or upset about it. That's totally cool. I'm glad you're here and we're talking about it. But I want you to really feel like, like if you're going to get involved in pediatrics, I want you to like fall in love backwards and forwards and head over heels with, I got to take care of kids, right? Because when kids come into my practice, I just ooh and ah over them and I cannot help myself because they are so beautiful and so fun and so vibrant and that's what I want for the rest of my life, right? And so I could, and like, I think I would add a fourth thing is can you see yourself doing this until you die? Because this guy's a young guy, right? I'm much older. <laughs> so at 57, I have a very different perspective. Could, could I see myself doing this until I die? Yeah, I could see myself just like Dr. Sweat. The guy is like 93 years old, still adjusting, still talking about it, still doing seminars. That's what I want to do. Until the day I can't do it anymore, right? Uh, so I, that would be my fourth uh, you know, thing if I had to add to uh, Mr. Swanaker's very cool list is, can you see yourself doing this until the day you die? Um, and that's how you know that this is something that's like totally passionate about. And if it's not pediatrics, then it should be sports. If it's not sports, then it could be nutrition. It could be orthopedics. It could be geriatrics, whatever it is. But find something that you're like, oh my God, this just makes me just go nuts. I just can't, I can't stop thinking about it because that's how you know you really found your calling. So I wanted to share that with you guys.